Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Lowry Sweeney. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free audiobooks when you sign up today for your 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Hey everybody, this episode actually went way longer than I had hoped, so I had to cut quite a bit out. If you want to hear the completely unedited thing, I will post that to the Patreon for the patrons. Thank you so much for listening, and here we go. The Nintendo Direct has come and gone. Yesterday on the 13th, we had a Nintendo Direct, and there was a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. But before we can get to that, I got to get to the feedback first. I got a review on Apple uh, Podcasts or, or, or iTunes uh, from Squanto716. They said that the show is a great Nintendo podcast. They said, Nintendo Switchcraft is my go-to Nintendo Switch podcast. The brief but more frequent episodes allow you to see what's new with the Switch all week. I love being able to fit entire episodes in as I walk my dogs. Bill is honest about games and not afraid to be critical of faults with Nintendo or developers. Would love to see this podcast start gaining traction and maybe start getting some interviews with game developers. You and me both. Uh, He goes on to say, but please stop calling football, baseball, and basketball software sportsball games. I totally get that you're not a fan, but it comes off as mocking sports games and their fan. Uh, And he gave the show five stars. So, uh, Squanto, I do want to respond to that last part. Um, It's not mocking. It's really meant to illustrate, sorry, it's really meant to illustrate that I know very little about sports and thus have no business discussing it. Um, I like sports games. I'm not good at them because I don't know the like the good strategies to use in sports. Um, but I do believe that fans of those games deserve awesome games as well. And I'm really sorry, but sports ball is just part of my vocabulary. We, we started saying it around my house years ago, and it's not talking about games, it's talking about sports in general. And it's not meant to say, I don't care. Um, It's more along the lines of, look at how doofy I am. I don't understand the difference between a touchdown and a home run. Uh, And it's really, it's less making fun of anybody else and really more making fun of me. So I hope that's not a deal breaker for you. But it's it would be really hard for me to stop saying sports ball. I've been saying it for years. Uh, But anyway, thank you very much for the review. Uh, I very much appreciate it. If you haven't done so yet, make sure that you head on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give the show a review. It definitely helps us get uh, more listeners to get that traction. And maybe someday I'll be able to get some interviews with game developers. I actually have interviewed uh, game developers in the past. There was a guy who was working on a game called Supercord on Blue. 
Uh, and I interviewed um, the guy who was behind Star Mazer, uh, as well as the guy who did the music for Star Mazer, but that was like forever ago. And um, I think that indie developers probably would be the only shot that I would have. I, I, I don't think anybody from the big wigs would ever uh, come down to my my show to talk. But, you know, if, if anybody out there knows game developers that are looking to interview on my show, then that would be awesome. Let me know. All right, let's, uh, let's jump right into the news because we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. All right, well, we have an update to the mobile app for Nintendo Voice Chat. Uh, not the podcast, the app. And here are the patch notes, version 1.1.0. It says Voice Chat will now continue when other apps are opened. So that's awesome. So if you are using the Nintendo Voice app and you um, switch over to answer a text from your uh, significant other, uh, your voice isn't going to get cut off, which is awesome. That's something that should have been there from the beginning. Uh, Same thing along with the next thing where it says voice chat will now continue during sleep mode. So it's not going to be such a massive drain on your battery. Now, I haven't tried this yet uh, since the update. I haven't had a chance to. Um, yesterday we just had so much going on with the Nintendo direct and, you know, getting my son to places. And plus I had a stream yesterday, so I haven't had a chance to check out the new voice app. We'll see if it's, uh, if it's an improvement. I think that that was really the biggest detractor. Again, I don't think that Nintendo needs to have this app, but if they're going to have the app, they better do it right. And this is definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, let's jump into the Nintendo direct though. Okay, so we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, big thanks to Ventrust West Wind, uh, Reddit user, uh, for the summary. Um, there, that we broke it out into 3DS stuff and then Switch stuff. Uh, I'm not going to go through the 3DS stuff. There's, there's just too much news to talk about today. Uh, I will hit two or three main highlights. Uh, that Minecraft is now going to be on the 3DS. That's crazy, and it launched yesterday. Um, And then Nintendo did the Top 100, which is basically a Mario Party game that takes the 100 best minigames of each Mario Party game from 1 to 10 and includes them in one game. This is something that should be on the Switch. The Switch has a detachable... Uh, multiple controllers so that you could play this with another person no matter where you are whether they have a 3ds or not now nintendo did do the right thing and they made it so that it's a ds download play so if you have a cart and you run into somebody with a 3ds who doesn't have a cart uh, you guys can play together uh, by downloading the cart from your uh, 3ds which is a, a, a feature that nintendo has had in the 3DS for a while, probably since in since it started, I think. Uh, and it's really great. But I still think that this Mario Party game would have been so much better and so much more well-received if it was a game for the Switch. I think a lot of people have just moved on from the 3DS. And yes, there's still quite a few 3DSs out there. And uh, Metroid Samus Returns is the number one game on Amazon right now. Or was it number two? Whatever. It's pretty high up there. 
but again, I think that Nintendo would be better off to, if they're going to put a game out on the 3DS, also put it out on the Switch so that people don't have to choose between the two consoles. All right, let's jump into the Switch uh, section of the uh, uh, Nintendo Direct. And we're going to start with, um, they had four big tent poles to hold up uh, everything, and then they put everything together with smaller games around. Uh, the first of four was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh, personally, I'm already completely sold on the game. If anything, they drove me away just a little bit because I didn't really care for the voice acting. Uh, then again, I didn't like the voice acting in the last Xenoblade game. And I don't think I like the voice act. You know, I don't think I really like voice acting in Nintendo games very much at all. Uh, it just tends to fall flat. It's very, I, I guess I would prefer if it was just text. I would prefer if it was just text on the screen. Um, I Maybe I'm just being old school. You know, when I say that, it's weird because whenever I play a game from a Western developer... Like, we'll say Skyrim, which we'll talk about a little bit later. The voice acting doesn't bother me in that. I feel like that Western developers do a better job with voice acting than um, uh, Asian developers do. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, like a Japanese developer is going to get a killer voice cast for Jap Japanese, but then they kind of farm out the... Um, the direction and actors to get translated versions. And then the translated versions, for me, they just always kind of fall flat. Now, something that a lot of people will say is turn on Japanese uh, audio and just read the cut uh, the cutscenes. And, and that works fine as well. But I, what I prefer is just to turn the voice completely off and just read uh, the cutscenes. The last piece of information that I've got on Xenoblade 2 is that we finally have got a release date, and it's much sooner than I thought. I thought it was going to be like right before Christmas, but it's December 1st, 2017, and uh, that's pretty cool. Um, the next thing, we've got uh, Splatoon 2. Uh, they had an update for that, and they showed off a new, or, well, a, a stage from Splatoon 1, and they also showed off a new stage called Snapper Canal, uh, and then the the biggest of umbrellas. It was crazy. Like this thing, they showed four um, inklings, uh, all kind of back to back, and they they put out their umbrellas, which is actually a tent. They call it the tent umbrella, but it is actually like a camping tent. And you open it up, and all four of the tents were all touching uh, the sides together. So like they had this wall around them, almost like a superhero kind of thing. Um, the, the weapons like this with like the bubble wand and the splat brellas, they all look really cool. My only issue with these is that they require a degree of coordination that I think is not really there when you're, when you queue it solo into, uh, the game and Nintendo has restricted how much you can queue with a group of three other people so much that that I feel like it just never gets used. Now that might just be between me and the people that I know. Uh, we we really don't use that feature. I feel like if Nintendo wants people to use these weapons to their to the best of their ability, they need to completely unlock the the voice chat abilities that we all already know are in the Switch because it's in the tournament version of Splatoon too. 
Uh, anyway, the the next game that they talked about was Fire Emblem Warriors. Lynn is uh, going to be a character. She's from the GBA version. Uh, there wasn't a gameplay trailer, only her intro. The game looks really cool, and that's coming out. Uh, gosh, I, I didn't write it down when uh, Fire Emblem Warriors is coming out, but it's sooner. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember now. It's really close to uh, when Mario Odyssey is coming out, which is just kind of crazy. Like, I know that they serve two different uh, markets, like wildly different markets, but there's a lot of people who are interested in both. And that makes me worry for how Fire Emblem Warriors is going to do, especially because if if you put it up against uh, Mario Odyssey, it's going. People are going to pick Mario. Most people are going to pick Mario Odyssey like nine times out of ten over Fire Emblem Warriors. And then people are going to look at the sales numbers of Fire Emblem Warriors and they're going to say, oof, that game probably must not be very good because uh, nobody's picking it up. And, you know, the the fact that it came out against a juggernaut like Mario Odyssey uh, is kind of beside the point. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to that game, but I'm probably not going to be playing it until mid to late next year uh, because I've got Super Mario Odyssey to play. And then at the end of the year, in December first we'll be i'll be playing xenoblade chronicles 2 because man both of those games that i just mentioned they look amazing uh here was a surprise but something that i i i had always hoped would happen is we're getting dlc for snipper clips um my son has that game on his switch and it is very cool both he has played it with my with my wife and i have played it with my wife and i have played it with him and, you know, we had kind of spoken to each other and we all kind of decided that each time that we played it, we found different ways to solve the puzzles. Um, the things that they're doing in snipper clips that are making it different. First off, they're adding a few new stages, which is cool. Um, no prices so far that I know of, uh, but they're adding new stages. And then you can replay through the old stages, stages, except now they've added more shapes. So if you don't know what snipper clips is, basically... Uh, you are little tiny pieces of paper, and you look like you're you're a, a half circle on one side and a rectangle on the other side, if you can kind of try and picture that. And you can rotate your body and then overlap with the other player. And if you hit a button, it cuts out a little bit of their paper to make new shapes. Well, one of the ways to give the game a little more replayability is that they are adding more shapes to the game and those new shapes are going to be randomized. So you'll go into stage three or whatever, and you will have a brand new shape that you've never used on that stage before. And then you have to try and work out what to do. And not only that, but not only do you have a different shape, but your partner also has a different shape. So then you have to try and uh, solve that puzzle in a very different way than you could before. Uh, it really is going to add a lot to the game. And, uh, Snipper Clips is a game that should have, in my opinion, uh, like monthly DLC, something like $2, you get a stage every single month, and people would keep coming back to that game over and over. Um, they showed, again, uh, Rocket League stuff, which is cool. Uh, then they showed, and I got a couple of tweets and people talking to me on Discord about this, is that... They showed a MOBA, which is funny because like last episode I said it would be great if Nintendo would make a MOBA. Now, just to be clear, Nintendo is not making this game. This is coming from 
God, what was it? Tencent Games, I believe. I can't remember the the name. It's kind of like a League of Legends style or Heroes of the Storm style uh, MOBA game. And it has a free beta coming. Now, I did talk to a buddy of mine, Zap, and he, he told me that he's played this. This is actually a mobile port. And he said that the mobile port is or the mobile game is very fun. He liked it a lot, which that's good to hear. It's not exactly what I want. I want one from Nintendo, but I'll take a MOBA on the Switch. My only concern is how long are the games? MOBA games, with with few exceptions, tend to have really, really long and drawn out matches. And um, Heroes of the Storm, I think, has completely nailed it. You, you tend to be in and out of a game within 20 minutes. And I think that's really the sweet spot. Any shorter than that, and you don't really feel like you have enough time to um, build or diversify your character. And any longer than that, then it kind of drags on for me. I know there's a lot of people that disagree, and they think that MOBAs should take a very long time to play. Um, but, so, you know, I'm old, and sometimes I just don't have a lot of time to play. Uh, Skyrim for Switch, uh, they showed off some of Link's stuff. And uh, this was not said in the actual Nintendo Direct, but you can follow the link in the show notes. And it, the Bethesda has indeed said that this is the uh, new version of um, of uh, Skyrim, not the old version. So this is the same version that came out to PS4 and Xbox One now. I'm sure that it's going to run at a lower frame rate or that they've uh, fiddled with the textures just a little bit to deal with the uh, smaller memory footprint or the uh, smaller CPU or GPU uh, that the Switch has. Uh, but this is the upgraded version that we got. Uh, was it last year or earlier this year? I'm not sure which. But anyway, uh, there you go for Skyrim on the Switch. I think I'm going to skip this. I've already played Skyrim twice. It's a great game, and I don't see myself really playing it again. That being said, I've also said that many times about many games, and then I end up playing them again. So who who knows what's going on? Uh, this was a big surprise. They're bringing Doom and Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, to Switch. It's going to have all the DLC included. I am really excited for this. Doom is a fantastic shooter, and I remember... When it first came out, well, when they first announced it, you know, I looked at it and I said, I'm not really sure if that's a game that I want to play. They were talking about ripping dudes apart with the chainsaw and how great that was and how gory it is. And I know that Doom has always kind of been that game. Not not even kind of. It's always been that game. And I said, well, that's not for me. But then when it came out and it just the reviews were just fantastic. Everybody was going on and on about how amazing the game was. And finally, I was able to pick it up, and then I played it. And man, that game is really good. And if you haven't played it yet, you really owe it to yourself to play it. Now, I'm going to say right now that my qualifier for picking this game up on the Switch is whether or not these two games, and I've never played Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, that's definitely going to be a buy for me if, if, the game supports gyroscopic controls. Now, I don't think that Doom, and I know I know nothing about Wolfenstein 2, but I don't think Doom supported gyroscopic controls on the PS4. So 
will it support gyroscopic controls on the Switch? Well, part of me says no, but then at the same time, Skyrim, also a Bethesda game, uh, that supports the gyroscopic controls on the Switch. So maybe it will. Now, when I played Doom, I played it using a Steam controller, and it has gyroscopic controls. And I have got to tell you, right here, right now, the best way to play a first-person shooter is on a controller with gyroscopic controls. It is so comfortable and easy to play and very, very fun. And I prefer it over a mouse and keyboard. And yes, you can probably get more accurate with a mouse and keyboard, but a controller with gyro is so much better for just the way that I want to play a game. Um, so I'm really hoping that Doom and Wolfenstein 2 are going to have those as that as a feature. But uh, right now it's kind of up in the air, and I, I hope that we find out that it will. Let's take a quick break, and I'll be back with more from the uh, Nintendo Direct. This has got to be one of the biggest surprises, um, one of the biggest surprises of the Direct. And that is, I mean, other than the Doom and Wolfenstein thing, is the arcade archives. This is really weird. Nintendo is putting out arcade perfect versions of Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers Versus and Versus Balloon Fight and Versus Ice Climber uh, and others. And I just think this is really strange, especially since they have yet to talk about Virtual Console. To bring out these arcade games is a really strange choice and I'm not sure what their strategy is this this really makes people look at virtual console and say wait a second what's going on are we going to have a virtual console on the switch or not if we're not that's fine but Nintendo needs to come out and say so I worry that Nintendo is thinking I don't want that they don't want to do a virtual console they're going to do these uh, the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, and then that's it. But they can't say, they can't come out and say there won't be a virtual console for the Switch because then if they ever change their mind, people will be mad that they will say, well, you Nintendo, you lied to us. <laughs> like I said before, it was a massive uh, direct. Lots of stuff was covered. Uh, so I'm going to skip a few things. I'm going to jump to um, Square Enix RPG. Uh, Project Octopath Travel. Oh my God, I can't talk. Project Octopath Traveler. And yes, that's partly to do with me not being able to to speak or read, and partly to do with it being a terrible name. Um, the demo is out. You can download it. It is a Switch exclusive. It is from the people who made Bravely Default. Uh, the game features eight protagonists, and you get to pick those uh, one of one of those, and you play through the game. And the game kind of changes depending on which protagonist you play. Uh, you in the demo, you get a warrior or a dancer that you can play as. And I have to say that uh, it's very interesting. I'm going to talk about more about that game in the gameplay section uh, of the show. Let's, let's get through the news though. Uh, the release date, by the way, is in 2018, so we don't know when, um, but it's a turn-based, typical JRPG. Uh, ARMS is updated. Uh, Lollipop is now out. Her stage is out. Her maps are out, and customizable buttons are out, thank God. Um, the, the, the demo or the update came out right after the Direct. I'll talk about that in a minute as well. 
We also have a mainline Kirby side scroller. Uh, I don't care about Kirby Kirby games. They're not really games for me. They tend to be just too easy. I kind of bought into the hype and picked up Kirby's Epic Yarn, and I really, while I was impressed at the design of the game, I was just kind of bored. It was too easy for me. And I I know that there's, and this goes for Yoshi games too, I know that there's different ways to play. Uh, The different ways to play is you can just go through and finish the game very easily. Anybody can do it uh, without very much trouble. Or you can try and do all of the collectibles. And I know that a lot of people like these games for the collectibles, but I just feel like the game is so slow moving that I just get distracted or bored. And and I think that I'd prefer to play something else. So I'm glad that they have uh, a Kirby game out or coming for people who really like those games, but it's not for me. Uh, they showed off a few games coming to the eShop, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2, which looks cool. Golf Story, which I'm really excited about. Uh, if you don't know anything about Golf Story, uh, join the club. A lot of people don't. Uh, but it's like uh, somebody mixed uh, a golf game, an RPG, and Stardew Valley and kind of put those all in a blender with some ice cream or something. It looks really fun. I love the art style, and I'm excited for Golf Story. Um Let's. They they showed off a little tiny bit of Sonic Forces, and then they showed uh, the the two Resident Evil games. Uh, they are uh, Resident Evil Re- Revelations one and two. We already knew about those, so nothing new there. Uh, they also did say that La Noir is coming to the Switch, and it has all of the DLC with it. Uh, they didn't say if you have to download that DLC separate, though. That's that's a question. Like, is just the main game on the Switch and then you have download codes? Because I know a lot of people uh, are running into these issues where games are coming out, but, um, gosh, what the heck was I saying? Oh, games are coming out on cartridge, but you still have a lot of downloading to do. And that kind of ticks people off. Although Nintendo's certainly not alone in this. It's just that Nintendo ships with a 32 gigabyte Uh, internal storage whereas the other ones come with probably 500 gigabytes for the cheapest version i'm going to guess that that the xbox one and ps4 uh, cheapest versions come with 500 gigabytes it might be less Um, but getting an sd card for your switch seems less and less optional as time goes on and i think a lot of these games like doom doom is going to require an SD card. I guarantee it. Uh, in fact, I think that I don't think I talked about that, did I? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the DLC for Doom is included, like, it, but it's it's it. You can download it for free. Uh, you're going to need to download the stuff, including the multiplayer, uh, and that's uh, a link in the show notes as well. So, I if you haven't already picked up. Um, an SD card for your Switch. I think that it's to the point now where we've decided that you're going to have to. It's it's not really a choice. And if you're not somebody who has a Switch yet, that's something that you have to figure into the price. You know, when you decide uh, to budget for a Switch, you're going to have to decide, okay, I'm going to have to budget for a Switch, so that's 300 plus I need to figure out how much SD card... I need to get. Um, TF Wagner in chat says, I'm seeing multiple SD cards in my future. 
I don't think I'm going to... I think I'll be okay with 128, but I could be wrong. I mean, I can't see myself needing to have access to every game that I have on my... that I've purchased for my Switch. And so if I need to make room for a game, I'll just delete some games that I haven't played for a while. The save states are still there. Make room, download the new game, play that, and and I'll, I'll always kind of be rotating the older stuff off of the Switch as I install new new stuff, not nude stuff. My God, let's keep that. Uh, let's keep it PG here, kids. All right. Um, the last huge thing was Super Mario Odyssey. Got a lot of screen time. Um, the game looks really good. I noticed that it it actually looks better than it did when we saw it at E3. So they're still working on it and making things look better. There was a particular frame of peach that everybody seemed to lock onto where she's reaching up at what looks like, uh, it looks like you're looking down at her from a point of view and she's reaching out to you. And just the, uh, the, the graphics quality is really, really sharp. Uh, and then they, they showed like this cool point where you can freeze time and then like take pictures of Mario and I gotta say, man, that game looks really pretty. Uh, er- everything really uh, pops right out, and um, Mario's facial animations really kind of blew me away. Uh, I really like that they're doing that, and I'm excited to play Mario. They also showed off that there's going to be a Mario Odyssey bundle with the Switch uh, with themed Joy-Cons. The, the only thing that I'm wondering is... Is that red different than the red that we already have? And I think it is. Like, the red that we already have is very, very light, and this seemed to be a darker red. Not like that's really important, but I'm just curious uh, if that if that makes sense. Uh, it's not the neon color. That's right, TF Wagner in chat. Um, it, it's not the neon. It looks darker. But I think that they would have been better off having done one red and one blue that are not neon uh, and maybe even like make those the opposite sides or something. I think that would have been cool. But um, okay, let's let's finish the, uh, up up the news and jump into gameplay where I'm going to talk about Octopath and uh, Arms. Okey-dokey. Okay, so I downloaded Project Octopath Traveler demo on my Switch. Uh, it was weird. I I got like the news notification on my Switch, and then I hit the button that was right there. And it wouldn't download. It kept saying the project pro, um, product is not available or software is not available or something like that. And I kind of complained about it a little bit on the Discord. And people were like, just try going into the store yourself instead of going through the news thing. And that's how I was able to download it. Um, so I downloaded it. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a JRPG. No big surprise there. But, man, I've got to tell you, that game is dark. Uh, I, I have not played the warrior yet, but I, I tried out the dancer at first and I don't want to spoil anything for you guys because it was really surprising to me, but the game is very, very dark. It's, it is not a game that I would recommend for kids and it's not like there's gore or anything, but the, the content is very much adult oriented. Uh, yes, they call the character a dancer. But it doesn't seem like she's a dancer, if you catch my drift. Um, anyway, playing through it, the the dancer had like this one ability where she could kind of charm people and have them follow her. And um, 
that kind of leads into the combat as well. And you may have tried this and you may have not, but I had charmed a guard and had him kind of follow me around as I was wandering around trying to find a certain character in the demo. And, um, you know, when when I finally got to combat, and I will say that in, in this demo, there's a whole lot of time uh, before you actually get to combat. I will say that what Nintendo's been doing, getting you right into the game really quickly, like with Zelda, that did not happen here. I was watching a whole lot of talky stuff. Uh, but, when you know, it was very interesting, especially because it was so shocking as to, like, what the content was like and the things that the characters were saying. Uh, but anyway, uh, the combat is really cool. It's turn-based combat, and you definitely have to mix things up between attacks and uh, abilities and defending. Um, you know, attacks are just straight-up attacks. She attacks with a dagger, uh, and then she's got abilities that can have, like, dark magic almost, and then you have a defense ability. Uh, but she also has a button that's called support, and the support characters are cool because that's where the guy that I charmed, he comes in and kind of helps me. So I'm all by myself and I'm up against three other people and you can only charm one person at a time. And I will tell you this, you cannot just sleep sleepwalk through this game. Uh, the combat is tough. At least it felt like it to me. You, you can't just always hit that same button as spam A uh, to get through it. At least I couldn't. Um, now, maybe this is because I didn't grind enough to, you know, fight against the, 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 the lower level slugs in order to get past the boss. Uh, but when I got to the first boss, which I'm going to assume that the demo's over after that, I don't know because I didn't beat that boss. He, he whooped my butt twice and it was late and I had to go to bed. Um, but when I call support, that uh, character that she had charmed, he comes in and basically now it gives me like a double attack. So then I could put down a uh, curse over like the enemy and it, it hits multiple uh, enemies. And every enemy has a shield. And when you hit them, if you hit them with something that they're weak against, be it daggers or darkness or something else that I'm not aware of, uh, it reduces their shield number. And once you get it to zero, they will break. And that kind of really... in super increases the damage that you do against them. It really reminds me of Final Fantasy 13, uh, their system where you had to kind of wear down a health bar to really do the good damage to their real health bar. Um, and I, I really like the way that that, that that combat is because it makes you make decisions. Oh, man, do I, do I take one more shot because my enemies are, are they've been broken? And this will be a lot of damage, but if all three of them actually connect with me when when it's their turn, then I lose. Um, that makes for some really fun gameplay because you have to stop and think about what you're going to do. My one major gripe with the game is the save system or the save point placement. I'm okay with a save system where you got to talk to somebody to save, um, but... When I got to the last battle, the, the the boss, per se, and I had saved right before I got there, and then the boss talks to you for, I don't know, it's probably like, I think it's probably like seven to ten minutes, and that's with me reading everything, and then I died, 
and it reloaded me back at the last save and I couldn't skip the cutscene. and spamming a was not very spammy. So I would hit a button and then it would have to wait for this little animation of the text things to go away and then new ones to come up before I could hit a again. And that I swear to God, when I died the first time and I came back, I think it was still like five minutes of spamming a before I got back to the fight. And that's not fun. That's really, really frustrating, and it made me not want to try a third time. You know, I if I was really super excited about, uh, I think I can beat him this time. Uh, but the the thought of sitting through that five minutes of spamming A again, that was enough to make me say, nope, it's bedtime. I need to go to sleep and do this some other time. And may, I don't know, maybe that's there to force me to be responsible, but I really didn't like it. Uh, the voice in the game is kind of hit and miss. Like there was a point at the very beginning where I was like, oh man, the voice acting in this is fantastic. And then we got to the game proper and I was like, ooh, I don't like that character's voice very much. But again, I talked about this at the top of the show. I'm not a huge fan of um, the voice acting that is done on Japanese games. It's just usually not for me. That being said, you can switch it over to Japanese or you can turn down the voice altogether and not have to deal with it. Uh, it's up to you. Uh, so I'm glad that they give us that that option. Uh, last thing is that the game does, in fact, include HD Rumble. Uh, what else did I play? Well, I played some ARMS. Uh, ARMS is a million times better with the customizable controls. Ha- being able to put block where I want and not have it on the stick... I'm going to play ARMS a lot more than I have in the past. And it's not that I didn't like the game, and it's not that I thought the controls were bad. It's that I thought that the controls were needlessly complicated. And being able to put it where I want is very exciting to me. Now, if you are somebody who uses uh, traditional controls on ARMS, I want you guys to write in and tell me, where are you going to put block? Or are you going to leave it where it is? Um, I did find that I wasn't playing quite as well as I have in the past, but that's probably because there's been a significant gap since the last time I played arms and, you know, muscle memory had kind of, it was kind of screwing me over because I kept hitting, you know, I kept trying to do this where I had moved the block to some other button. Uh, so that was a little confusing, but I think with time I could definitely get used to it. Uh, Lola pop is fantastic there's no big surprise there the arms team is fantastic at character design uh the animations are spot on and i gotta say that they are just they're killing it um not a huge surprise though i regularly got into fights with three other lollipops uh that was a little little bit annoying but um what are you going to do when there's a brand new character that's what people are going to check out oh man this this show is getting long so let's jump into the lightning round All right, here's the lightning round real quick. Splatoon 2 is on top of sales. Apparently 70, oh gosh, what was the number? I just clicked it. 73.96% of Switch owners in Japan have bought Splatoon 2. That's a very, very high attach rate. Um, A game that was announced as coming to the Switch, I don't know, it's weird that this was announced right after the Direct, but it wasn't in the Direct is Lovers in a Dangerous Space-Time. It's not a game that I've uh, played before, even though I have it. I think I got that on a Humble Bundle. 
but it's always a game that looks kind of interesting. Definitely check out the link in the show notes to see more about it. Um, coming soon, this is what's coming out on the 15th. We've got Metroid Samus Returns, um, as well as the limited edition and the uh, new Nintendo 3DS XL based on Samus. Uh, we've also got NBA 2K18 coming to the Switch eShop along with Legend Edition and Legend Edition Gold. Can't they just put out one game? And then finally, Robonauts is coming to the Switch as well. And if you are an Amiibo collector, the Metroid series uh, Amiibos are Amiibo. Uh, sorry, I pluralized it. Are coming out uh, on the 15th as well. Well, that is all the time that we have for today and then some. Uh, if there's a story that I missed or a topic that you would like discussed, let me know. You can do so by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can give us a phone call at 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. You can hop on the Discord and uh, have a conversation there with a bunch of awesome people. And, of course, stop by the live stream on Twitch at, of course, Run Jump Stomp. If you're looking for ways to support the show, you guys know the deal. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash support and you will find the links to all of the important places where you can help make this easier for me. Uh, thank you very much for listening. The music, big thanks to Noteblock for the intro and Tom Winter for the outro. I'm out of here. You guys have a great day, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. 